This is the Media Week Industry Podcast from the people at mediaweek.com.au. Welcome to Media Week's TV 2016 Highlights Podcast. Andrew Mercado, welcome back. Hi there, James. It's probably the most exciting podcast of the year, isn't it? Everybody likes a list. I love a list. I love it. You love a list. We love arguing about lists. We've both got, I'm not sure if mine's 20, 21, 19. I've lost count a couple of times. I've tried to do a top 20. I've cheated a bit on some of them, but we'll get there. I've cheated a little bit too, but I've got good reasons why. I've even got a sort of channel buried into mine too, which you're not supposed to do, but it's because it's got a lot of shows that I can't really, so it's... It's a funnel for a whole lot of programs. What do we do? We run through yours first and then mine. Okay. Yeah, all right. let's do you first. Number one, Dr. Doctor. I don't think that you can underestimate how important this show is for Australian TV. This is a show that should be studied because this was a show that really should have been on a cable channel but was on a mainstream commercial network channel. Nine took a lot of risks with this show and it paid off. Uh, you had a morally corrupt doctor <laughs> who took drugs and euthanised his best friends. Now, even Roger Corsa said that five years ago when he worked on another TV series they wouldn't touch euthanasia and he was very concerned about how this was going to go down but the audience accepted it because this was a well-made show brilliantly written and uh, all the networks should look at re-jigging and really revamping these tired old concepts like medical shows and making them as watchable as Doctor Doctor. If Nine had actually done with Hide and Seek and redone the cop show the way that they redid the medical show with Doctor Doctor, Hide and Seek would be on this list too. But it's not. Doctor Doctor was my Australian drama of the year for Big doing tick. that. Well done. Okay, good on you. Um, look, The Crown on Netflix. Just, you know, what, what more did they spent over $100 million? You see it in every episode, riveting from start to finish. This is one for people to watch over the summer. Number three, Wentworth on Foxtel. They did one of the most uh, incredibly shocking and brave things in killing off one of the stars of the show in an absolutely nail-biting and terrific finale this year. Brilliant stuff. Um, number four, The Exorcist, beginning, uh, now screening on Showcase on Foxtel. I didn't think they'd ever be able to turn that movie, which is such an iconic movie that just had William such... Friedkin, I think, yeah, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, William Friedkin directed it, and they made three terrible sequels to it. And I thought, <laughs> seriously, you're going to do a Broadway, broad, broadcast network TV version of this, but... It's scary and creepy. Gina Davis is terrific in it. Great show. Number five, The Kettering Incident, was oh, worth yes. the wait on Foxtel. Yep. It was yep. absolutely great. Number six, the second series of Happy Valley, which screened here on BBC First. I know you loved that show, James. It yep. was great. Number seven, Rake. Richard Roxburgh was, it was well worth bringing it back. And that last scene where he'd been elected to Senate and he was walking up the grass at Parliament House. We need <laughs> another series of that. Number eight, The Night Manager, which was the Tom Hiddleston, yes. Hugh yep. Laurie, and, of course, our wonderful Australian star Elizabeth Debicki, who was in The Kettering Incident, The Night Manager. It took me a few months to get round to watching this on BBC First, but once I started watching it, my it God. Was it was very flashy, wasn't it? Oh, it was very it was well made. It was brilliant. slick. It was a great storyline. The acting was top rate. Yeah. yeah. 
Number nine, a place to call home. Still, you know, Foxtel, uh, this is just such a beautifully made drama and you can really feel the heart in it. Bevan Lee, the creator of the show, came back to do it. Um, uh, Jenny Baird absolutely stole the show playing the evil Regina, you know, swigging morphine out of a (laughs) bottle and wanting to kill uh, Marta Dusseldorp. It was great stuff. I um, spoke to um, Kathy Payne, who's the head of Globally, and Aussie who runs um, Endemol Shine Distribution, and that's their biggest selling um, Aussie program. They said it just just walks out the door. It does yeah. fantastic well. The only thing that's ever been better, I think, is McLeod's Daughters. Wow. Well, there so you go. So those two shows are both classics when it comes to distribution. So they, they're very happy that Seven and Foxtel came to a deal to keep that show running. I believe that. Sometimes tweets I've made about a place to call home a year ago suddenly resurface from American <laughs> fans who pick it up and start distributing it. So, right, yeah. Okay. Um, number 10, The People vs. O.J. Simpson. Um, it, it, it's won a lot of uh, won a lot of Emmy Awards, and so it should have. It was uh, very, uh, very well made. Number 11, Molly. You know, I just it was just so much fun. Mm. Um, and the performances from Samuel Johnson as Ian Molly Meldrum and Ben Gerard as Carolyn, the transgender woman that he lived with, and the uh, was it uh, Drew Coylan, the girl that played Chappelle Corby? She played oh, yes. yep, yep. The, the, the friend of Molly's that went off the she rails. She lives in New York, I think. Um, it was just great. Yeah. It was just great. So, so much fun. Um, number 12, Downton Abbey. It oh. went out. It had the most beautiful ending, the big Christmas special, and they gave the final words of the series to Dame Maggie Smith, as they should have. The mm. Dowager sent the show off, and happy ending. So have you been a, a, an Abbey fan oh, all the way through? All the, all way, the way through. through. Okay. Absolutely adored it. Miss it terribly, uh, but with a bit of luck, Julian Fellows will bring us a big screen version. Mm-hmm. Um, number 13, I'm cheating a bit here. <laughs> Janet King and Jack Irish on the ABC. Okay, yep. They're both terrific. Double up, go crazy, mate. Both terrific, and they kind of followed each other in the time slot. Number 14, National Treasure, the Channel 4 UK drama starring Robbie Coltrane and Julie Walters. Wow. Of course, that's something like that. Those actors together in one show. Didn't get any better than that. Number 15, Secret City. This was the Canberra thriller that Foxtel made with Jackie Weaver and Dan Wiley. I really liked it. I liked it better than The Code. If, really, you know, yeah. There's two shows being made in Canberra at the moment. The Code, for me, gets a bit complicated. I can't follow it. Whereas Secret City, I thought, looked... Secret City's still on my IQ. I just haven't got there, but it's hopefully that's a summer catch-up for me. Number 16, Westworld. Mm. Look, it took me a while to get into it. I think they started off, I think it was too ambitious, that first long episode. I didn't have a clue what was going on until I actually researched it and went, oh, right, I can't think I understand it now. Because I'm a fan of the original movie, so I was really thrown by the stuff they changed around. And then, of course, I think about five or six episodes in, it really just turned a corner and and, Mm. and, uh, HBO seem to have another hit on their hands. Number 17, Barracuda on the ABC. The reason I put this here is because Matt Nabel playing the coach, that was uh, the male acting performance of the year for me. I thought he was absolutely brilliant. He broke my heart. 
number 18, The Case of John Benet Ramsey on Channel oh, 9, which yes. absolutely, you know, caught uh, the Australian viewers' imagination. The ratings for it were huge. And I've actually, because of the 20th anniversary of the case, I've watched every single documentary they've put It's been a flood on they're still coming out. And this was by far the best one, and I think that the uh, solution that they came up with by far the most well-researched and believable, and the Discovery series in comparison was... I wonder if that helped um, spur Seven's decision for that cold case, million-dollar cold case. I think it would have, actually. Yeah, but you've you've got to do it classy, haven't you? You've got to go... You know, you've got to get great experts, spend a little bit of money. That's right. Number 19... Neighbours. Oh, now I knew that would be there. Yeah. But it beat home and away. It, beat, hi- it beats Home and Away on my list, absolutely. Yeah. You're gonna, I'm going to say some unpleasant things about oh, Home and Away soon. But oh, um, oh. look, look, creatively and storyline-wise, Neighbours is right up there. Their, their ratings aren't too flash and they keep going down, but these guys are not giving up without a fight. They're right. doing some, you know, really casting some interesting people in that and they're really giving it a red-hot try and it's a very diverse show now. It looks great. There's some great young actors. Actors in that show, Lily Vandermeer and the girl that plays Piper. Some brilliant um, stuff going. Jay Whiteford from The X Factor. He was fantastic. And then number 20, I cheat again. Uh, but it's the way 2016 began for me. This incredibly diverse slate we had where we had the family law, Benjamin Law's Chinese-Australian sitcom on SBS, black comedy series two on the ABC, the Indigenous comedy with Nakia Louie um, and Aaron so and then here come the Habibs on nine the first sitcom for commercial TV in 15 years well done Rob Shahady for knowing that there's an audience out there that would have watched this show he was right nine didn't scrimp on the money they they gave him a decent budget it looked magnificent and it was funny so well done to all of them and very quickly my honorable mentions yeah, just on. outside the top 20 employ Stranger Things on Netflix wasn't really my cup of tea because I'm not a kid of the 80s. And I think if you grew up in the 80s, that show was is probably going to be number one on your list. But I certainly acknowledge that this is probably the number one pop culture event in America over the past year, bigger than any Hollywood movie that was released in cinemas. If you look at the figures on Netflix of how many hits they got for Stranger Things and then number two, Stranger Things was like 10 times as many as the, the others on the list. A lot of people loved and watched this show, so well done. Um, Wolf Creek and No Activity. Big shout out to Stan for investing in Australian drama. They were both terrific. Offspring on 10. Lovely of you to bring it back. It was a little bit clunky. Oh, I cannot tell a lie. Some mm. of those storylines didn't really work. But, look, people love those characters. I know I'd watch Cat Stewart and Linda Cropper in anything, so I'm there. Gogglebox, I mean, they just got bigger and better in year two. Their figures just keep going up and up and up on Foxtel and 10, deservedly so. Um, Upper Middle Bogan I loved this year. And, look, three shows I'll mention, they're not really shows that, I am a huge fan on, but I'll acknowledge how huge they are for people in TV because they're well made. Game of Thrones, The Walking Dead and Outlander. I get why people are fanatical about those shows. I watch them. I'm not, you know, hugely committed to them, but 
uh, you know, you can't do a top list without acknowledging that those shows are huge and deservedly so. Well, I stumbled across that first episode of Outlander on SBS recently and I thought, wow, it's yeah. really pretty good. Yeah, yeah. You can understand why people yes. become quite obsessed with it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and absolutely. they really mix things up in series two. They completely flip it and take it to the uh, the French court of Louis the blah, blah. It's, it's, <laughs> it's good stuff. Yeah, yeah. Okay, very interesting uh, list there, mate. Now, I want you to interject and um, call me out when you think I've gone off the rails <laughs> okay. with some of this stuff. Now, um, we overlapped on six programs. Okay. So I've got six that you had and one in your sort of extras. Yep. Now, there's a few that since we've been chatting, I've overlooked. So I'll have to put them on my um, my... <laughs> my uh, ones that didn't quite make it. Okay, now these are... I haven't got an order for mine okay. because that's way too hard for me, okay? Game of Thrones has sort of got to be there, doesn't it? It has and, to be there. Um, it's almost tempting not to put it there because it's on everybody's list, but it's... I mean, that season six, episode nine, Battle of the Bastards. Amazing. I mean, you know... You could have released that in cinemas, couldn't you? Oh, it was like a movie. Yeah. Yeah. 25 days to film, 500 extra, 600 crew. Come on. Yeah. That alone, it's got to be worth. And then their season finale was just as extraordinary. Yeah. 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 Amazing. Amazing. And that explosion, the the whole Amazing. I mean, come on. So many things. The walk of shame. Yeah. Walk of shame was the previous season. Oh, was it? Yeah, that was how it ended the year before. And uh, is it Arya's, um, um, Arya Stark, her brushes with death. Almost every episode, her amazing yeah. journey that, you know, just incredible. Okay, so Graham of Thrones tick on yep. everyone's list, got it. Historical dramas, look, I'm a sucker for English historical dramas, and this is probably makes me overlook some Aussie dramas which should be on that list, okay? So I sort of apologise for that. But I'm with you, The Crown. Yeah. Wow, how wow. good is it? Yep. Fantastic. Really good. Um, Claire Foy oh. as the um, as Elizabeth, the Incredible. Queen Elizabeth II. And Matt Smith as um, Prince Philip. How good was that? Oh. Huh? But then, the casting, the, all the casting, oh, the John whole thing. John Lithgow as Winston Churchill. Churchill. My God, he's going to huh? win an award for how that. How good was it? And just the detail, the... The phone switch room where the <laughs> row after row of telephone operators on what looked very authentic yeah. old um, exchanges, telephone yeah. exchanges, you know. Yeah. Fantastic. For like a brief scene that was barely <laughs> on for a couple of seconds. The setting of the places for Eisenhower's visit, which never happened. I mean, they set this whole, it must have been 200 people, all the places set and then they've taken it all away because he didn't show. Sorry about the spoilers if you haven't seen it. But um, so it's fantastic, yeah. you know. Now, Claire Foy also turned up in Wolf Hall. Right. Now, Wolf Hall, yes. I think, first screened on BBC First last year. But this but because year, it's been on free-to-air yep. on ABC, finished only recently, I'm putting that on my list. Yep. Because I only caught up with the final couple of episodes recently. Now, she played Anne Boleyn in that and wow that final episode well that's um that's quite unsettling at the, <laughs> at the end and we think we you probably all know how it ends but um but she's fantastic so she's a real specialist when it comes to um to um playing british royalty so that one now my trifecta of british royalty was victoria ah yeah well, now people say oh if you watch the crown victoria's pathetic no i'm sorry no it's not it's 
brilliant. It really is good. I think it's people who just gave up on it. Yeah, and I know? gave up on it. Yeah, but because no, I'm I thought sorry. It, was, it was a bit upstairs, downstairs with the maids and no, the but look, butlers. I was really buying Jenna Coleman as she Victoria. Was good. You know, she had that air of vulnerability about especially which she grows and grows into that um you know to really you know monarch who knew seemed to know what she was doing rufus sewell as lord melbourne wow i thought he, he was, was good he was excellent oh, yeah he also turns up in uh, man in the high castle uh, i didn't know a lot about him before this but he's so good tom hughes plays albert Oh, fantastic. Look, and watching, as I have been recently, Victoria and the Crown together, they're great companion pieces. The similarities bet- right? between the two monarchs, it's really incredible. See, that's why I stopped watching Victoria. I went, look, I don't love this after one episode, but I'm going to watch The Crown. Like, yep. I could only watch so much royal stuff at once. Yep. Yeah, no, yeah. I can't. I eat but up the royal you've, stuff. You've encouraged me to but, go back but and yeah, no, look at those again. two and think about the two okay. monarchs who weren't separated by a whole lot of, no. in terms of um, in terms of just a couple of decades, I think it was. Uh, the Kettering Incident, yep. that's one of the ones we share. Um, Elizabeth De, De Becky again. Uh, Matlin Neves. Um, Gee, what a nasty character, wasn't he, in that? Oh, yeah. Was, wasn't, and I like that. Wasn't much to like about him. But was it was it? good to see him in a change of pace, not playing the romantic yeah. lead after mm. his offspring days. He mixes it up a bit, which he needs to as an actor. But I think now he has a separate podcast well worth catching up with the creators. I think you and Dan Barrett spoke to them once. Yeah. I, I was really, Madden, really yeah. sorry I missed that day. But, but it was really a show for me where the writing was really important and the – And I I don't mean this is derogatory to the actors, but a lot of actors could have gone into that show and done very well because the the characters were that good, you know? Mm -hmm. And it was all dark and mysterious. I mean, the people they chose did a great job, but they had some cracking material to work with. And just the whole atmosphere and just in the Tasmanian setting, it just. The the atmosphere was was so great for it. Yeah. Uh, Barracuda, again, something else we um, both shared there. Look, disappointing ratings. I'm sorry. Come on, people. Yeah. I mean... It was. Let's let's support a bit of Aussie drama. Uh-huh. Good stuff like that, you know. Fantastic. Uh, director Robert Conley. Look, Matt Nable, I'm a big sucker for him. Anything he's in... Well, I'm sorry. I, I drew the line at hide and seek. Oh, I drew the line at hide and seek. <laughs> All right. But I, I could be tempted to go back and... Do a little bit of it on catch up because yeah. of him. Yeah, he would yeah, he's be. That good. He'd be enough to attract me back. The material, but let from him what down I saw that. of it, yeah, it, it let him down. Uh, Jeremy Lindsay Taylor, look again. I love anything oh, he does. So he good. was so good in Barracuda. Uh, Rachel Griffiths is the stuck-up um, snobby um, mother. She was excellent. And um, let's not forget, it was it Elias Anton. Well, the fact that they found that. boys, new actors who could swim yes. and pull off hard acting jobs and be Olympic. Swimmers. It yep. was a really tough cast that, and they did. They pulled it off. Yeah. Look, I've got to give a tick to MasterChef, you know, because it just does it year after year. Season eight. Um, I think Elena Duggan won this year. She played um, competed against Matt in the final. It was just so good that they've just made so many chefs' household names: Heston, Marco, Curtis, Maggie, um, uh, Kylie. You know. They, they just do it so well. It's so well made, so good on them. And the ratings were, you know, just really strong. Fantastic. Strong this year. Yeah. Really powerful program for 10. Um, Australian Survivor, and I've mentioned that a lot on, on other podcasts. Again, you know, 
uh, and a Moll Shine Australia. Gee, those boys did such a good job on that show. The production values were just up there. The casting was brilliant. The sort of blindsiding that happened in successive episodes, the the um, tribal councils were just, you know, week after week, it was just gold, you know. And, look, I don't know how much of that you can concoct. I don't know. Maybe a little bit, but I think if you do that, it smells dodgy. This didn't smell dodgy, you know. Mm. They just did such a good job. So, look, a big tick there. Um, Jonathan LaPaglia, you know, the rippling muscles. The, <laughs> the arm veins. Yeah, yeah. But, you he know. He was good. I presume he'll be back next year. They might have to pay him a bit more. I don't know. But um, it, it did very well. Stranger Things. Look, again, I'm not an 80s um, um, baby or anything, but um, it really appealed to me. And Winona Ryder, fantastic. I was at uh, Millie Bobby Brown stole the show as 11. Yes. You know. Did she ever? Uh, they've recommissioned another one, I think. Yeah. I hope they don't sort of lose that magic. But there's still lots to explain, isn't there? They... It's, it's clever casting. They're bringing a whole b- bunch of... 80s icons okay, back right. for the second series. So I think they've uh, – hopefully they're going to get it right. Yeah, but it was one of the shows I really felt like binging when I was watching it. You know, you just wanted to see what, what happened, you know, what, what was done. A billions yeah, right. makes my list. I've completely know? missed that. Yeah. You know, it was um, it was on Stan. It was one of the Showtime series. Yeah. That was a great deal. Paul Giamatti and Damien Lewis. Paul Giamatti and Damien Lewis. Yeah, wow. Right. And some great supporting actors too. Yeah. Just just really well done. You know, Paul Giamatti, look, gee, he's a good actor, you know, and he played a US attorney. Just fantastic, you yeah. know, just really good stuff. There's another one of them coming in, I think, February for okay. season two. Yep. And it's, look, if you haven't got Stan, it's, you know, get the free month and binge it, you know. It's just fantastic. It's a really good series. Now, look, people will laugh when I say this one, all right. This is, <laughs> I always have a crack at it. Roadies. Roadies. Cameron Crowe, also on Stan. Yeah. Um, Luke Wilson played Bill, a road crew on tour. I just really loved it. Look, I've been a sucker for a lot of Cameron Crowe's work. As have I. But this was really good. And again, people saw the first one, checked out big time. As did I. Look, there's some some really nice touches in those as it goes on. But look, it's really folksy and you know, feel good and all that. But I just, I really, um, I liked it. But Does it was that like, mean we're about to add vinyl to the list well, as well? Well, vinyl was actually last year, I think, oh, wasn't was it? it? Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it was my vinyl for right. this year, you know. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure vinyl was last year. Um, I almost have vinyl. I love vinyl that much, though. I'd have it on the list again. The Night Of. Yes. Um, showcase. No, it was yeah. HBO, wasn't it, on Showcase That should here. be on my honourable mentions now. Um, Riz that. Ahmed as, as yeah. Nazir, uh, a guy who finds himself behind bars, you know. Wow, how did I get there? Mm. One of those uh, amazing shows, John Tajiro as his sort of cheap uh, attorney. Just a fascinating show. One of those ones you really wanted to see what was going to, how this series was going to pan out. Yeah. Fantastic uh, piece of work. I've already mentioned Wolf Hall, uh, mainly because of um, Claire Foy's Anne Boleyn. But there was lots of other stuff to uh, like about it too. I've got to say Unreal. Okay. I'm a sucker. Good one, yeah. I'm a sucker for Unreal. 
Yeah, you could argue. Was this the third season? Second. Second. Was only the, the second. Black Bachelor. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, but it was just fantastic. Ashuri Appleby as Rachel. Yes. And um, Constance Zimmer as Quinn. Very that's, dark that's, ending, that's wasn't their it? Their show. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it is. Well, that's why you like it. It's unrelenting. It doesn't. <laughs> yeah. It just doesn't give up. You know. It just goes blacker, darker. Yeah. You know, it just goes places other shows wouldn't. But yeah. Just fantastic. I, I really enjoyed that. We've talked a lot about Happy Valley on these podcasts. Again, oh, it just, it's, it's a hard watch. Oh. It's just, you know, tragedy after tragedy. Oh. And you've you got to think, I really need a bit of time before the next season. Please, well, I did you know? see that the writer of the show said even she needs a bit of a break. She'll do a third series, but we might have to wait till 2018. Yeah. Yeah. Well, look, I'll be on board, if, especially if Sarah Lancashire yeah. is on it, you know. Without because doubt. I'd watch anything she's on. And James Norton is the, the creepy, you know. Oh, oh dear me. He, he gives me nightmares, that yeah. guy, you know. Very good stuff. Um, now, this is technically a 2015 Dr. Foster, but it's just it's on free-to-air now right. on um, the ABC. Well, I uh, called Dr. Foster the best drama of 2015. Oh, did you? So okay. I'm thrilled that people are yeah. getting to watch it on the ABC yeah. now because most people are saying to me, thank yeah. you. I thank think it was quite late in the year last yeah, year, wasn't it? it? Sure so was. I'm sort of jebbing on it because it had such an impact on me. I just, just thought it was so good. And Saran Jones is so magnificent and they're doing a yeah, second Dr. series. Gemma and Foster. And fascinated just, you know, to see where they go with I a know. second series. It was just one of those shows you go, whoa. <laughs> when you talk about shake-up, Dramas. You can't just watch no. plotting plot lines, and which might be well written and well acted. But you've just got to shake the audience up a bit, you know. Get get them oh, yeah. sitting upright, paying attention, you know. Yeah. Westworld. Look, I've got Westworld in there, but like you, I'm. I sometimes look at it and go, really? I mean, but it is. It does grow on you. You want to see what happens because yeah. this story could really go anywhere. I've got a feeling it mightn't. <laughs> But there's things I'd love to see, but I won't say because it could be a bit of a spoiler. So, But Thandie Newton's really oh, stolen that show, hasn't she? She is the breakout uh-huh. star of uh-huh. it. Well, I've always liked Thandie yeah. Newton. I liked her when she came out to Australia and made flirting with Nicole Kidman all those right. years ago. Mm. Um, great to see her. And she's also made Mission Impossible 2 here. Some instead. of the other cast, though, they don't really do anything, but that's what the role demands. I mean, yeah. Evan Rachel Wood. Dare I say it, she's acting like a robot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what the role demands. Correct. So, you know, you, you can't really criticise for that. Anthony Hopkins yeah. is sort of good, yeah. isn't he? But he's a, a – I'm a bit doubtful because you, you're unsure of his character, aren't you? Is he evil? Is he a good old professor? Yeah. You know? So – but, look, they do a good job. And some, the way um, – some of those sets have got to be fake. But just those – those cities that, or those west, those sort of American western towns that pop up, I don't know how they do it with I the special effects. I don't know how effects. they're doing it either. I, and the train that goes through the bloody yeah, is it Monument Valley or the set they've used, whatever. I get distracted sometimes by and the I scenery. Go, how have they done that? Yeah, me too. Because they surely couldn't have built all that stuff. Yeah. What about that incredible set where the control oh, the, room yeah, is exactly with the yep. space age modernist, mm. Oh, mm. which presumably set. is the has had the whole West World. Yeah. You know? it, yeah, it's incredible. So a few th- deep water. Right. I've had to put that on my list. The sort of uh, my the Taylor twins, Jeremy Lindsay Taylor and Noah Taylor. Um, 
William McGuinness, Craig McLaughlin, you know, yeah, he was good. cropping up. I thought he was good. He's very much out of character for, for what you expect from him normally. But, yeah, no, look, that, that deserved a spot, I thought. Look, it was very, very good. By the, I just thought it was getting a bit silly by the end. It just <laughs> slipped off my best of the year because I found that last episode with Jerry, Jeremy Lindsay Taylor in his Speedos <laughs> running around the streets of Surrey Hills on Mardi Gras night using his grinder app to track down a killer. I was like, yeah. what? Yes, yeah. Yeah, I just no, thought I get it descended that. into a bit yep. of silliness. Yep. But it was very well made up to that point. Sure. I've put in the night manager for, for all the reasons we, we, we chatted about before. Um, yeah, just good. Grew and transfer. Yeah. Look, not something I normally think about on best list, but I just really enjoyed this season. It was I just a thought great they did year, it actually. Very well. You know, Will Anderson, Russell Howcroft, Todd Sampson, who spun off with his body uh, yeah. hack series. Those three guys are so good. And it was just, I mean, it's really funny. I mean, Will does such a great job of hosting. I mean, his opening monologues are just worth the show anyway. And then you can flick off if, yep. you, if you don't care about the advertising and that. But So it's worth it for that. The way... Um, Russell Howcroft manages to work in his plugs for spending money on advertising <laughs> without fail every week and how Todd Sampson often sort of trips him up for it. But I love how passionate Russell Howcroft is. Yeah, you know? but he's just blatant though, isn't he? The yes. way he tries, he just relentless of, look, if you advertise more on TV with good ads, yeah. that would solve any company's problem. So that, that that's a, a tick there. Now, look, the channel I've put in here will be a weird one because, look, I love a lot of Foxtel channels. They do great jobs. But I've put in Nine Life because, <laughs> look, I said I'm a bit of a sucker for those real estate. Oh, you love the real estate. The real porn, estate, don't you? The, yeah. yeah. And, look, I've almost had it with UK real estate porn. I've not had it, but I'm nearly worn out. Escape to the country Kirstie and all that. Kirsty and Phil and all that stuff. Yeah. I've seen so many of them. This was a change for me. It was US real estate yeah. porn, which I hadn't seen a lot of. So the tolerance level, look, I'm, it's starting to rise, believe me, because there's so much of it. But the flipping shows, I love flip. So we've got flip this house, San Antonio. We've got Texas <laughs> flip and move. We've got vintage flip. We've got zombie <laughs> house flipping. Get that. We've got flipping out. We've got masters of flip. We've got flip or flop. And what about your million dollar listings? Oh, there, there's all that stuff. Yeah. yeah, there's heaps of that stuff. You know. So, but look, and they and there's that. What is there? There's um, house hunters. There's a yeah. house hunters. There's living by the cut. There's all sorts of stuff. So look, it's an easy watch. Just chuck it on. I can work. You know. You just hang around for the kicker at the end. If they sell it, they make a profit. They lot. You know. But I'm sucked in by that stuff. So, look, I think they've done a good job programming that Channel 9. The Girlfriend Experience. Now, was that this year? I think it was, wasn't <sighs> it? On I think Presto. That, was it Presto or Stan? I think it's – I don't know. Yeah, it was one of them It's anyway. one of those shows I know I'm meant to be watching, but I just have never I found just enjoyed time. it. It was really weird premise. But it was uh, Riley Keough, who's Elvis's granddaughter, Elvis right. Presley's granddaughter. So that was – Are they like that was the main reason or I, mistresses? Mm, Prostitutes, right? Think, okay. Yeah, she was a legal secretary. Okay. Moonlighting as a prostitute. That Paul Sparks was her boss. Now he's the guy, um, House of Cards, who was the the author in House of Cards, who okay. I think had the affair with Robin Wright. Right. But so he was very good in it. But it's worth checking out. Girlfriend experience. 
and I think towards the end of my... Now, I've chucked House of Cards in too because yeah, I've, right. I've been on board from the beginning. I think it was season four this year. Alan Burstyn and Cecily Tyson cropped up in guest roles. And look, I love Alan Burstyn. Amazing. What a career she's got. And yep. She's still going. I mean, yep. that's just staggering, you know. So joining um, Kevin Spacey and Robin Wright, look, it's still good. Even... I think season three, most people thought was the low point, so maybe it's come back. But when I'm on board with something, I'm there for the duration. Yeah, right. It'd have to go really bad <laughs> for me to get out big time. Now, the things that I should have been on my list, Molly, I completely overlooked. But yeah, yeah brilliant. Had a great time watching that. National Treasure, I loved that too. And I did love Jean Benet Ramsey. And I've got to mention Versailles yes. on SBS. Yes. It took me a while to catch up. SBS played it strangely as they did, they did five double episodes, episodes too much. instead of ten one hours, yeah. and that just made it daunting for me. Yeah, it even did. though I had them all on the um, the on the demand. IQ. Yeah, you look at it and you go, oh, "It's two hours." Oh, no. You don't you don't think of it. I can do it as two sixty minutes. So yeah. I think you know, hey, programming department, just think about that because it, it just mentally it makes it a a big effort to watch like that. So, but it was a great series, and they're doing another one too. Yeah. I think. So yeah. they'll continue the. Um, I think it's Louis the Fourteenth. Continue his um, his uh, trials and tribulations. Yeah, right. There's one I forgot. Much, I might what else have we mention. forgotten? Have you done your? Top I'm done, mate. I'm done. Look, I forgot to mention. I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here. It was the only okay, Australian yeah. reality TV show. You're I've not watched. big on that, are you? On that sort of reality? No, I don't watch stuff. a lot of reality. I watch the beginning and the end. I, I dip out. But I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here. I watch from beginning to end. I love Julia Morris and Chris Brown, and I always see a, a different side to Australian celebrities, and always end up. I, I really like Shane Warne after yep. what he did on that show. He he went on there to humanise himself. It worked. Yeah, what was that? Was their big get, wasn't it, Dub Warney? Yeah. They'll need to do something similar, I feel, next year. You need Sapora Malka, Kate Fisher. Mark my word. She will be on I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. But is that gonna it's no Warney. She's not a Warney, but she's But she's a very interesting. If you could get her to talk about James Packer. Is he still a shareholder in (laughs) town? I think he might be. Yeah. I don't know if they'd do that, would they? I bet but, you Max Markson's at Channel 10 right now working out a deal. Mm, mm, but it's, yeah, it's, it's certainly interesting. So it'll be interesting three-way, won't it? Uh, I'm a celebrity get me out of here up against um, Married at First Sight. And My Kitchen and Rules. My Kitchen Rules. Yeah. yeah, big game on big time. Look, that wraps up uh, 2016, Andrew. We didn't do the worst. Huh? Oh, the, bad, the worst. Oh, hang on, hang on. Hang on. Don't go anywhere. <laughs> Okay. How long is your worst list? No, it's, I'll, be, I'll be quick. No, it's all right. Okay, so the worst, the briefcase. Oh, yeah, no one's going to argue with that, are they? Most morally corrupt show of the year. <laughs> Kiss Bang Love on Seven. Oh, yeah. Blindfold what was that about? Strangers kissing what was it each about, other. Though? Was tongue kissing each other, swapping spit. Well, I'm not a prude, but nah. that's not a TV but show. yuck, that's not a show. Thanks, James, it's not a show. <laughs> You're back in the room. My big line was I said you'd have to hypnotise me to watch that show. <laughs> I'm glad Daryl Summers got 1.5 million viewers, but I haven't heard them announce a second series yet. No, that won't be bad. Um, the Secret Daughter. I'm sorry. I know Jessica Malboy's delightful and they no, got see, a number I could one put up with soundtrack. That, but- yeah, I but didn't I have as many problems. But what about... Yeah, it was number one album for like three or four weeks. Yeah. I mean, that's unheard of on the album charts. Good for so, her, you know, but not resonated. very good. Zumbo's Just Desserts. Look, oh. don't name a show after a guy that doesn't have any it's hardly TV in it. talent. But it's hardly in it. Hardly in it because he had no... And I like Zumbo. I love his food. We did a great podcast with him. But, yeah, he, he just... The charisma doesn't ooze out of him on screen, no, it does, does it? does not. Mm. And then 
I'm sorry, home and away. Oh, watch out. It's had a really bad year. Listen, we're going into a year now where there were rumours been floating around for a couple of years now that home and away will get dumped from 7 at 7pm, move to 7-2, where it will lose half its audience overnight so that 7 can do a kind of version of today, tonight. Um, it's being smashed by current affair every night. And I'm sorry, I don't see them rising up to meet this challenge. I think they had a really poor year. They spent far too long holding on to the ghost of Brax, Stephen Peacock, and teasing and bringing him back again and again and again and again so he could be on the cover of TV Week. I thought blowing up a caravan as their big stunt of the year. Are you serious? It's 2016. That's what you used to do back in the 80s when you had no budget. You blew up a caravan at the caravan park. Not good enough. And as for their big plane stunt that was their big promo over the Olympics where the plane was going to crash, I'm sorry, the, st- the stunt led to no story. <laughs> they all got found unhurt. There's no point in doing big stunts like this on soaps unless it leads to some story down the track. So, Okay, hold the phone right there. Breaking news on Today Tonight. Yes. Okay, um, Craig McPherson. Yes. Seven's Head of News and Current Affairs talking to Media Week probably about 10, 14 days ago. McPherson is often associated with the desire to bring back Seven's daily current affairs show. Quote, I don't know why that is, he admitted. Quote, I do always want to increase my real estate, though. So a bit of both ways mm-hmm. there. The reality is today, tonight, won't return and there is no plan. Mm. The hour news is safe. But he didn't rule out 7pm, did he? So... You can't have Home and Away now dropping slowly through the year to about 700,000 viewers when a current affair is getting, what, 900? Yeah, but it's you dropped know? a little bit. It's dropped a little, but it's still You're being beaten every That's night. That's problem. You're uh, not on current affair uh, enough. No, but I, I just think there needs to be a shake-up at Home and Away. Get into that um, story Well, department. you're still dirty since the River Boys left. No one's replaced them. Well, look... Now, they are coming back for the... They're doing Foxtel the special. Specials. Isn't one of them coming back, I think? The problem right? with the River Boys is that the River Boys r- redirected the show. Are any show. of them still there? They're all gone. They're all gone. But the show is still caught in this syndrome of bad boys dealing drugs with guns. It's the same storyline over and over. You've been banging again. on this for a long time. Yeah. No one's listening. Are they? No, they're not because <laughs> the show's still kind of rating and all that. But I just think it's getting very samey, samey. And I think it's time to. There have been times, Home and Away's always gone through troughs and it always climbs back. And they're about to celebrate their 30th anniversary. Where's. Where are we going here? They need to take a serious look at that show. Hmm. Because it's an important show. It anchors their uh, entire primetime schedule at 7pm. You can't just let it wither on a vine and die. Yeah. Anything else? That's that, it. That's it for the worst list. What are your worst? I don't think I've actually got a worst list. I mean, that's because I'm a bloody wuss, but um, I just don't watch them and I don't really... Yeah. I mean, I agree with some of that stuff. There's, there's obvious ones, with all due respect to you, but they're the clangers, aren't they? They're, they're clangers. I think yeah. even the networks would be going, yeah, okay. Yeah, we'll yeah, just, yeah, they'll wear that. Look at this one, you know. <laughs> but um, except maybe the Jessica Malboy thing, which I, I debate with you a little bit, but then again, look, I'm not watching it. Yeah. So, um, worse, yeah, no, I haven't really got any uh, worse. Um, like the, the stuff, the big, the. They're not worse, but I can't watch The Voice. I can't watch 
X Factor, those those shows, I just can't tune the in. The singing shows. Yeah, I can't devote singing. all that time to them, you know. Yeah. Again, I enjoy the block, but again, I can't watch it every night. Not every night. It's just it's just too big an ask. But I think they Then again, they don't really make my worst list. No. And I, least, I understand people do enjoy that. And at least they cleverly make the, the block that can't miss episode on a Sunday night. Yes. You've got to watch on a Sunday night and then you can dip in and out through the week. Yeah. And they had less yeah. episodes this year too. The other reason that show was so big in 2016 is it wasn't on five nights a week. It was sometimes only on three nights a week. They leave the audience wanting more. There's a lot to be said for that. Sure. Yeah. All right. Can I? Am I safe now? Winding up. We yes, got, you are. <laughs> you got any other rabbit to pull out of the hat? Okay. Look, that's great. That's a really good list, there, isn't it? It's, um, I think we've covered everything. I think we have. There's probably one beauty we've we've overlooked, but um, there was a, the upside is there was a lot of good TV this year, wasn't? There? Oh my God! There was. Huh? A, listen, I counted about. 20 to 25 good Australian dramas slash sitcoms. Mm. That was in my good category. Then I put about another seven into the average and I, and I had three that I thought were kind of not very good. Now, that's that, there was still a hell of a lot more that were good. Sure. The majority of Australian drama and comedy this year was outstanding. Yeah. Andrew Mercado, we love having you in. Look, have a great Christmas. Have a great New Year. Thank you, James. The same to you. And uh, enjoy the off-season and we'll try and power up for um, February. You betcha. Okay, see you later.